Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in to Duval Daily, presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thank you so much for tuning in here on Monday, January 23rd, the second day of the Jaguars offseason. Jaguars, as you all know by now, lost in Kansas City 27-20 to the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the best teams in football. It was a pretty wild game overall. A lot happened. The Mahomes injury, more Mahomes magic. But ultimately, the Jaguars fell in Kansas City to the team that, in my opinion, has been the NFL franchise of the last five years, the best quarterback in the league, the best offensive play caller and, and schemer in the league, Steve Spagnuolo, one of the best defensive coordinators on the planet. Again, he has won the Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator three different times. And then, um, you know, just the Jags having some mistakes of their own. They weren't quite able to get over the hump. In year one of the Doug Peterson era, a year that should be celebrated for many years to come, just because of how far the Jaguars got this year in terms of uh, not only just their playoff run and winning a, a wild card round game, you know, taking the Chiefs to the brink. Um, it's not just how far they got in that regard. It's where were they before Doug Peterson got here? They were floundering. They were the laughing stock of the NFL. And now you've got a team that makes it all the way to the final eight. Really impressive season. So right now we're going to get into my top takeaways from this game. And then start to look ahead as well. Um, And we'll just run it that way. This isn't going to be like a recap where I go over every little thing that happened. It's just going to be my top takeaways. Was not able to do a rapid recap yesterday because I was having to help out. Little little sister uh, move into her first um, big girl apartment. So uh, wasn't able to get anything out yesterday. But here will be the top takeaways. I really appreciate y'all tuning in and supporting the channel all year. Uh, just, it's been awesome. First year doing this, you know, switching from written form to audio and video content. And it's been awesome. Y'all support has been just unbelievable. Really can't believe how far I've come here doing this, but, uh, there's no question. I would not have come this far and, 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 um, been where I am now and where I continue to project to grow. Uh, without y'all tuning in and supporting the channel. So means the world to me. But without further ado, let's jump into these top takeaways. Like I said, it was a valiant effort. Um, they hung in there despite missing some key opportunities. I mean, you talk about, obviously, at the very end of the game, the Jamal Agnew fumble. And I'm not going to try to bury Jamal Agnew here because the Jaguars wouldn't be in a lot of the positions that they were in throughout the season and throughout this specific game without Jamal Agnew doing what Jamal Agnew does, and that's returning kicks and getting a bunch of damn yards when he does it. He was dynamite as a returner in this game for the Jaguars. I mean, he was a game-changing return man for the Jaguars, bar none, like without question. 
he averaged 43 yards per kick return. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable performance by Jamal in that regard. But driving down the field late in the game, you're in the red zone inside the 10-yard line, catch a football, you can't let go of it. You can't fumble that one. And maybe it was a drop, whatever. He's got to hold on to that football. Bottom line. And he didn't, and that really cost the Jaguars, right? How about earlier in the game um, when, when Chad Henney entered after Mahomes had to leave for a drive? Tipped ball at the line. Foyer makes a Herculean effort to try to get there and pick that pass off. Wasn't able to do it. Wasn't able to catch it. But guess what? Tyson Campbell was right there behind him. And Tyson Campbell might still be running if he catches that football. So that was really unfortunate. And you can't really blame Foyer for not knowing that Tyson was going to be there. He'd have to you know, have known exactly what the offense was going to be running and that the ball was going to get tipped at the line, all that stuff. I mean, I don't blame Foyer for trying to get the ball. But if he didn't try to get the ball, Tyson Campbell probably has at least a nice interception with a nice little return there. Sets the Jaguars up with tremendous field position at the very least. Then you also had um, the Christian Kirk drop down the field, which that would have set the Jaguars up in the red zone. It was a perfect throw. It was a really good route. He stacked the defenders, got behind them, hit Christian Kirk in the hands. He was kind of having to fall to the ground to go to try to go get it, wasn't able to haul it in. It's a play you really want that guy to make, right? $18 million receiver. And look, another one like like Jamal, that was an unfortunate error, an unfortunate mistake by Christian Kirk, that drop. But he had an unbelievable game too. I mean, the Jaguars are not where they are this year without Christian Kirk, bottom line. He had seven catches for 52 yards, um, a touchdown, He's made so many clutch catches for the Jaguars over the course of the year. He also had a tremendous run to get the Jaguars into scoring range. I believe that was right before Jamal Agnew fumbled the ball. So yeah, there's guys that you love and rely on that made some mistakes that are are disappointing. But you fought through those. Um, You fought through those. and, And so I think that is huge. You know, not giving up after making those mistakes. You saw Christian Kirk get peppered with a couple targets right after dropping that football, and he came up with the plays. Um, so it's it's frustrating that those little mistakes, those little uh, opportunities were, were slipped through their fingertips. Um, but I think the fact that they fought through those mistakes and they made this a game, they continued to make plays and continued to uh, chop wood, if you will, Jack Del Rio. Um, and they made this a game. It was 27-20 to 20 at the end. I mean, the Jaguars were down three with about 10 minutes left to go. They kept fighting. They couldn't quite get it done against a legendary squad, right? There's a lot you can point out. You know, Travis Kelsey catching balls all over the place. Uh, missed tackles on Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, all sorts of different things. You know, Trevor Lawrence, when he got heated up, he was missing some throws a little bit here and there. You had the Trevor Lawrence interception. Um, you had a lot of different things that uh, that slowed the team down, but 
the bottom line is they continued to persevere and they almost got the job done against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know everybody wants to get on the defense for the Chad Henney drive. Chad Henney did two things on that drive. He handed the ball to Isaiah Pacheco and he threw the ball to Travis Kelsey. And the one time he didn't do either of those things, the Jaguars should have had a pick. So I really don't feel too bad about that. I mean, Chad came in, he game managed, he checked down to uh, to Travis, and he handed the ball off to Isaiah. That's all he did. So I wouldn't feel too bad about that um, in terms of the defense. How can you not stop Chad Henney? Well, their offensive scheme, their offensive game plan, their infrastructure is incredible in Kansas City. And if all you have to do is throw it to Travis and hand it to Isaiah, not a hard job, right? Not a hard job for Chad Henney on that drive. I do think tackling, the Chiefs were clearly a much better tackling team in this game, and I think that's something the Jaguars struggled with a good bit throughout the year. So tackling is going to be, I think, a point of emphasis this offseason for the Jaguars. And uh, you saw a few times Rayshon laid a big hit but didn't wrap up. Guys able to squeak by and, and get more yardage after that. That's disappointing, sure. But my biggest takeaway is that the Jags are going to be just fine. They were young. They were inexperienced. Uh, and I'm not just talking about against the Chiefs this year. This was a young, inexperienced group, not only from the perspective of young quarterback and a lot of young players around him, but your best players on this roster, for the most part, were free agents that you brought in, right? You brought in Darius Williams, who's become a really good player for you. You brought in Brandon Sheriff, who's you know struggled through injuries a little bit, but is a really good football player. Foye Lucan, the, the, the a defensive captain. All those guys were new. Evan Ingram, so much news, Christian Kirk. Uh, So it wasn't just the youth, it was also the inexperience of playing together in these big games. You see, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, they've been there and done that consistently year in and year out. And when you, you put yourself in these situations consistently and you grow from it, that's how you look more like how the Chiefs look right now. Um and uh, I'm not saying the Jaguars team is complete. They're going to have to do things to upgrade the team in the offseason. No, no question. But the, the Jags are going to be just fine. They, hang in the, they hung in there tough against this tough Chiefs team. Uh, in my opinion, they have a lot of good talent. They have the head coach. They have the quarterback. Um, and they have good coaches. Um, you can say what you want about Mike Caldwell, but I think overall he did a good job down the stretch and early in this season. And I think you're moving in the right direction on defense. Special teams took a massive leap forward. And yeah, you can talk about the defense not being great all year, you know, some different things that were, were issues at different times for the Jaguars defense, but they took a massive leap forward. Statistically, the Jaguars special teams units took massive leaps forward. Statistically, the Jaguars offense took a massive leap forward. Statistically, This was an incredible season of improvement for the Jaguars, and they just need to continue that improvement into year two under Doug Peterson. Uh, You bring in Calvin Ridley, right? Make another, uh, a couple other critical moves in free agency, whether that be bringing back Jawan or Evan or trying to swing for the fences elsewhere. And then you got to get some hits in the draft and continue to develop the guys you have. Um, I know, shout out to UCF Jaguar, one of my guys, one of my friends, my my closest people when it comes to, you know, uh, you know, the Jaguars, 
love UCF Jaguar, but he was he he's pretty upset following this game, and I understand being upset. Losing in the divisional round sucks, especially when you had opportunities to win the game. It sucks. Uh, but to not be optimistic about the future, that I cannot see. I think that there's clearly improvement on every level of this football team. Um, from the infrastructure to the talent, the coaching, quarterback position, uh, uh, even the attitude and the belief within the building in each other. I think that's going to continue moving forward. And again, bringing in Calvin Ridley, huge move. You got to supplement this roster in a couple other areas before the draft. And in the draft, you need to hit it hard and try to find some some pieces that can come in and improve the team immediately and build the long-term infrastructure of the roster. So um, I think you do that if you just, again, a couple critical moves in, in free agency before the draft, a couple good draft picks, and now you're right back in the playoffs in 2023, in my opinion, right back at the top of the AFC South, and potentially maybe you have a home divisional round game, and uh, maybe you're able to go win that football game, get to the conference championship next year, and then anything can happen, right? They've developed a lot of good uh, habits this year. They grew under Doug Peterson. They grew under Mike Caldwell. They grew under Heath Farwell, special teams coordinator. Uh, and you just need to continue that growth and not just rest on your laurels. You got to go add some more pieces. We know that. You know Calvin Ridley's coming in here. But this team is headed in the right direction. There's no question about that in my mind. And if you need reassurance, just look around the league at the best situations uh, that, that end up being teams that are good for five plus years, they have the head coach and they have the quarterback. And that's what the Jaguars have here in Jacksonville. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Like I said, there is plenty to clean up. If you want to talk about how to upgrade this team, how to level up, how to get to the next step of this team's development, uh, we will be doing that for, for a couple months here. And I'll go ahead and start now. I don't think the Jags should be done at wide receiver after, after adding Calvin Ridley, who's eligible uh, to apply for reinstatement. The Jaguars are for him February 15th, I believe. Uh, so that could be coming down the pipe in the next month or so. You could have some news on, on Calvin Ridley's status. But the reason I don't think they should be done after adding Ridley. Ridley is going to bring speed. He's going to bring solid hands, great route running, all that to the field. I still don't look at him as a 50-50 ball winner. Marvin Jones was your guy like that this year that you could kind of just throw the ball up to and feel 
pretty good about him coming down with it. But I think in this matchup, specifically, you saw a couple instances where his athletic and physical limitations kind of uh, got the best of him in those 50-50 situations down the field. And maybe if you had a guy that was 6'4", you know, 210 pounds or, or, or a guy that just could play more physical or has more ups um, than Marvin Jones, that maybe one of those balls uh, gets caught down the field from Trevor Lawrence. And so I don't know that Ridley's going to be that guy. You're going to want Ridley stretching the field. I think you you need to bring in someone. And, and Marvin Jones, his contract is now expired. He's not technically on the roster for 2023. We don't know what the Jaguars are going to do about him. He's going to be 33 years old. But I think when you look at it, you've got to find someone to be a real 50-50 ball winner. Even with Calvin Ridley, I don't think that's on the roster. That's just the way I see it. And so how do you do that? You could try to do it in free agency. You could try to bring in someone cheaply or go get someone on day two of the draft that you think can come in here and be a guy that can win 50-50 balls and, and develop in other areas of the game and become a, a asset to this offense. I would be totally fine with going that route. There's plenty of receivers that are going to be available in the second day of the draft, you know, second, third round, even in the fourth round, potentially that could come in and be ball winners down the field for the Jaguars. You just got to find the right one. That is a uh, culture fit scheme fit and, and clearly has the work ethic and upside to go become a, uh, a quality NFL player. So I don't think the Jags should be done at wide receiver after adding Ridley. And they've got big decisions ahead beyond that, right? You've got Jawan Taylor expiring contract, Roy Robertson, Harris and Shaquille Griffin, and even Rayshon Jenkins. They both all, all three of those guys signed prior to 2021. All three of them have outs in their contract. And so the Jags will need to make decisions on them. It seems like Shaq is, Clearly, it's going to be a situation where it's best for him and for the team to go in a different direction. But Roy Robertson-Harris played damn good football down the stretch. Rayshon Jenkins had the best season of his career and was a playmaker for the Jaguars. Um, then you've got Evan Ingram, who signed a one-year deal prior to 2022. Arden Key, same situation. You've got Dewan Smoot, um, who signed a two-year deal prior to 2021. His contract is expired. Like I said, Marvin Jones' contract is expired. Dan Arnold. Chris Manhurts, you don't got any tight ends on this roster outside of Luke Farrell right now. So there's a lot that they're going to have to decide between, you know, those players we were just talking about. And then I also think, you know, everyone's like, oh, you got to bring these guys back. I think in a, in a perfect world, you would like to have these guys in. But at the same time, is it possible that spending the money that you would spend on Jawan and Evan and maybe some of these other guys could be spent better elsewhere. Like, could you upgrade your roster more by using that cash in different ways, by using that salary cap space in different ways, potentially? And we'll, we'll see how they're, they're able to play it out. I think not only are you going to have to figure out how to bring some of these guys back or decide what you're going to do to get to the point where you can bring them back, you're going to have to get a little cute with um, some restructures, offer some fat signing bonuses to some of the players you do have on your team, which you can kick down the road. You can kick that cap space hit cap hit down the road and not worry about it as much. Cause in 2023, the goal should not be to get back to the divisional round. You got to take it one step at a time, right? 
Your goal needs to be to win your division, etc. But the final goal should not be to get back to the divisional round. The final goal should be to get to the Super Bowl. And once you get to the Super Bowl, let the chips fall where they may. That should be the goal in 2023. There were a few plays away from reaching the conference championship in the year of our Lord 2022. I guess I should say in the season of our Lord 2022. Because it's technically 2023 now, but still the 2022 season. Y'all get my drift. The Jaguars made massive strides. Uh, Doug Peterson came in and helped Trevor Lawrence out so much, helped this offense grow. Again, they grew in each phase of the game tremendously by leaps and bounds in 2022. I expect that if they're able to keep this thing together and um, and bring in some new pieces, hit on some draft picks, that you're going to see this team at least in this spot next year with with a goal of getting past this spot past the divisional round, and past the conference championship for that matter. The goal in 2023, 2024, 2025, these next few years with the current group you have, it needs to be reaching that Super Bowl and bringing home, bringing home the Lombardi Trophy to Jacksonville for the first time ever. That needs to be the goal, and I think that will be the goal. Doug Peterson is going to have these guys locked and loaded and ready. Uh, for 2023, in my opinion. But that's going to do it here. Thank you so much for tuning in to my top takeaways from the Jaguars' loss to the Chiefs. Again, 27-20. Jags are now eliminated from postseason contention. They made it to the top eight after being the worst team in the NFL for two consecutive years. That is massive progress. I'm excited about the future. I know the sting of defeat still hurts right now. But this is going to be a team that's fun to cover this offseason and fun to cover moving forward. You've got your quarterback, you've got your coach, and you've got a lot of other good pieces around them. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, Duval, supporting the channel this year. Couldn't be doing this without y'all. Hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Hit that like and subscribe button here on YouTube. And you can also become a channel member. You can also check GenJag.com, uh, pick up some new Duval gear, our cardiac. Cat's tea is still available for pre-order in black for the first time uh, ever. And it'll be available, I believe, through tomorrow is what we're going to end up doing for that cardiac cat's tea. So you can go check it out, genjag.com slash shop. Again, thank you so much for your support, Duval. Have a great rest of your Monday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.